Thanks as always for listening to Fluff and Crunch. In today's episode, Chris and I review Outgunned, the cinematic action role-playing game from Two Little Mice Games. The link to the game on DriveThruRPG is in the notes. Make sure to like and subscribe to YouTube or the podcast or wherever you're getting this. If you want to jump right to the content, it starts at three minutes. Anyway, hello, Chris. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good, thanks, Jeremy. How now, are, are you? you hearing that? No. Okay. If, if I apologize to anyone listening, I'm having my roof replaced. And so there are gentlemen on my roof with saws and hammers and they're stomping around there. But I've got, I've got this mic set, so I hope it's not picking that up. And apparently it's not. So if you want to hear anything, that's what it is. It's me not wanting to have a leaky roof. So, so that's all the excitement I have. That's, that's, I, I did no gaming last got... weekend. I watched football all weekend. You live in Arizona. You don't even have rain. How could you have a leaky roof? You know, the problem is with rain in Arizona is it is, it's feast or famine. Oh, it's like tropical rain. Yeah, we will have a couple of times a year, we will have periods where it will rain, you know, all day, like moderately to heavily all day. And then we have nothing, you know, for ages. And so right before Christmas, we had, we had one of those. And I, we discovered a leak in our 29-year-old roof. And I knew it was about time to replace the thing. So there goes my fun money. But, I still remember being in San Francisco when they were having a storm because hmm. we saw like weather forecasts and they were like, this is a storm. This is one of the worst storms we've had in years. And I was thinking like, this is, this is just a bit of rain. It's well, like, it's California. barely windy. They, they, yeah, I was sure like, you know, it's on the they sea. Expect, they, if they got, they if they got bad weather, I could believe that. But it literally, it was some rain. It was a bit of wind. I was like, this is nothing. No, this is like, you know, spring weather that That's we California. get. In. It's Californians. Anyway. How have you been? Have you done any gaming? Uh, I have not, so no. But I've, well, I've been good, but I haven't done any gaming. How about you? None. Like I said, I've been watching football. There are three football games left in the NFL season. They're the two oh, conference yeah. championships and the Super Bowl. So I've Go been Lions. focusing on those. Hmm? Go Lions. Hey, you know what? I love a Cinderella story. I love a exactly. plucky, you know, look, Americans are suckers for the plucky kid who like, yeah. you know, rises up the, the underdog. So yeah, I, I, I'm cool with them. That's not going to happen, but it'd be great. We, we wouldn't love it if the team that's perennially be one of the worst teams in the NFL oh. in my entire lifetime. Well, well things, <laughs> things change, things change. Um, so, but all that aside, uh, and my, my roofing troubles and, you know, whatever, uh, man, we got to think of better ways to transition. Well, usually we come up with a good segue, but this time we didn't. We don't have a segue because we're going to talk about a game that I've never played before, but I've read a decent amount of the rule book. And you have run, I believe. I have run. I can't, I can't get out of the way. It's called Outgunned. Outgunned. Uh, and you ran this last month, correct? I ran this as my Christmas game. So pretty much it's, it's, become, it's, yeah, it's, it's a thing. I've only done it twice, but yeah, okay. a year ago... I wanted to play some 2D20, so I did a, an Act in Cthulhu Christmas game. Um, yeah, I remember that. Which was Christmas because it involved Santa and yeah. snow. And this year I wanted to do, I wanted to do a Christmas game. And I had just, literally I had just bought this outgun thing. Um, I think it was on Kickstarter, I don't know, maybe a year ago, early last year, something like that. And I was like, action movie role-playing game. I don't need an action movie role-playing game. I, I would never play that. And then you bought it anyway. It's probably Black okay. Friday sales on drive-through. So it popped up. It was dirt cheap. Um, and I had a look at it. 
and I was like, oh, actually, this looks this looks quite promising. Uh, so, and so I bought Outgunned quick, and its second book. Quick background on it: the the PDF rule book is about two hundred twenty some pages. Uh, it looks like it is formatted for more of a digest size. Yeah, I it looks like it. Uh, and I've read a decent amount of the rules, like enough so I have some sense of them. But it's from a company called uh, Two Little Mice. And it looks to me, and this is just guessing, it looks like most of the, it, it looks like it, the folks who made it are Italian. Yes. By all the names, it's distinctly yeah, Italian. No, they are Italian. Quite strange that the two kind of newest games that I bought near the end of last year, which I was super keen on, are both by Italian oh. designers and publishers, which is uh, where all hey, the good stuff's it, coming you know? from now, apparently. It used bring to be Sweden, it. but now it's Italy. Yeah. Interesting. So tell tell me a little bit about what what drew you to this and then we can jump into what it purports to be. What outgunned the and what is the tagline here? There is no it's cinematic action role playing game. Um what you wanted to run a a like a diehard style Christmas. I, I wanted to run diehard lethal weapon, that kind of style Christmas thing. And you know, when you go and look for something like, you know, it's one of the things I, I probably could have written a thing in 2D20 to do that. Um, but this was designed specifically for cinematic action role playing things. Um, and I think I'd got a look at the quick start and was like, OK, this looks this looks interesting. But mainly the, the game was cheap. I, I think I paid I paid like 12 pounds. So that'd be like you know, 15 dollars ish for the for the first two books. So this is the core book. And then this thing called Action Flicks, which I'll get to later. So it was like it was very little, and I had more than that in my account from you know selling. Oh yeah, low risk, groceries. low low risk invents in, in investment. So yeah, you pick so I was like, up. yeah, cool. You pick the thing up. It, it it's interesting. It's um, looking through it, it's uh, and don't take this the wrong way, listeners. But there's not a the tech the text is not very dense on the pages. There's a there's a decent amount of breathing room in terms of uh, the paragraph and text layout. Um, and there are a lot of pictures and there are a lot of pages where there's a picture and maybe a list or a picture and a paragraph. So, I mean, I found myself, I read, I think the first 50 or 60 pages in like no time flat. It was funny. Yeah. Cause you said like, oh, that's 200 pages. And I was like, is it really? Because actually I found this book very easy to read. Usually yeah, read very... it, I struggle to read PDFs. Mm. I buy PDFs and I struggle to read them. And usually it's a combination of like, you know, if I, on my tablet, they're too small, uh, on my PC, I don't really like reading lots of information on my PC screen. I'd rather have a book for that. Um, but actually I managed to read this very easily off a PC screen with a, with two page view, um, okay. because it has a nice big font you know, yeah, it does. and it has it's it's very well laid out the graphic design is great like i said on a lot of the pages there is just the stuff you need to know there's fully little bits around it which you know you can ignore if you want to one of the bits i love about it is that in the character creation section we'll get to how the rules were in character creation in a bit but this is just an example of one of the things i like about this game in the character creation section it has all these archetypes which really just give you some you know bare bones of a thing but they have literally like the classic commandos in movies are, and it does it all the way through. But here's examples of why this game is so good. John Matrix in Commando, Sarah Connor in Terminator 2, Luke Hobbs in Fast Fury, Furiosa in Mad Max, uh, Furo, John Rambo, Dutch, so that Arnie got in there a second time, 
the Abrahams and the A team. All four of the A team are in this under different archetypes. Right. And it just by reading through it, then you have a perfect idea of of what who this character is meant to be. But also reading through all of those little things like that, it told me that the people doing this, they hadn't made an action movie role playing game to I know to cash into something. They are genuine action movie like you know buffs. They love their action Gotta movies. Be. And they wanted to do a game and they clearly they know their stuff. I mean, OK, everything, virtually everything in here, I've seen this. But, you know, these are people who have clearly they they were watching action movies in the 80s mm -hmm. uh, when, you know, action movies were big. And, you know, then they've got worse over time. But apart from the, you know, apart from anything with Keanu Reeves in probably. Um, but, you know, they have all this stuff in. And there's some the funny nods to things which maybe aren't really uh, kind of aren't really action movies, but are action movie adjacent, which is then where action flits comes in. Um, so I. There was things like that. I realized that I like where these guys are going with this. I can see what they're trying to do. It's, uh, you know, it's, it would be, you know, it, it's an action movie game in terms of they want it to be quick and easy and fun. Yeah. We don't see a lot of fun games anymore. Well, I think a lot of games are either, either too serious or when a game's trying to, be, even when a game's trying to be fun in terms of it's going to be narrative. That's how we, that's how we do fun games. We have to have narrative games. You know, you've occasionally talked about, narrative games where the person's been telling you how you have to play this game and you've got to play it in a certain way you know this is very much you can kind of the whole impression of this game is like look here's some rules um have fun that was my it impression says, reading the book. It, it even says right inside the uh the book at the beginning it's i hadn't noticed this it says these are tools not rules so i found it well, i found it fascinating. you see what it says on the back inlay there you go I, on the back end, I'm pretty sure it says something along the lines of, yeah, this rule book will self-destruct in five seconds. All right. Only if it starts like, you know, the, the little cassette starts to smoke like old Mission Impossible. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the, the many, many examples, specific examples of characters and movies enables you to get where they're coming from immediately. Like there is a very firm foundation here of their idea of what an action movie is that you're easily able to get your head around. I appreciate that. So quickly, I'm looking at the table of contents and I'm moving to uh, an introduction where they talk about like, what's the goal and when it, when does this take place? Like their, their defaults, how many players, things like that, meta stuff. And, uh, and then it goes into the pillars of action, uh, which I thought were interesting. The action never stops. They have an explanation as to what that means. Like at the movies, um, <laughs> you don't know everything like that. And, and incidentally, the default time frame for this is before smartphones. It's supposed to be before. So this is like 80s to early aughts is what it said. Um, so they lay that out. And then again, there are lots of examples. Uh, Let's go through, actually, do you want to talk about character creation or do you want to talk about the, what is the core mechanic? I'll do character creation and then we'll go into core. Yeah, character character creation, creation, straight. Straight. I, I made characters for both Scott and Brian very quickly. And I basically did this around, I, I, I was stupid, but I, I originally I was wanting to do like a cyberpunky thing. And then eventually I decided that was just an extra layer I didn't need, but I'd already got this idea in my mind of a, of a PI. Um, and I came up with this, this Mac, Max Hammer. I was like, that's a great 80s cheesy PI name. He's an ex-cop. Uh, his wife, his, basically his wife died. And so he's like, he's John McClane, but his wife died in a previous Christmas. 
Uh, and that was the setup for his character. Uh, and then I changed my mind a bunch of times who the second character is going to be. But creating the character is very, very easy. So you've got choose a role, which is where you're picking these archetype things. So like commando and fighter. Uh, we've got commando, fighter, ace, agent, face, nobody, brain, sleuth, criminal, spy. Very straightforward thing. Right. Some of them overlap. You think, well, wait a we got, you know, if if I'm a cop, am I am I the agent or the sleuth? Well, that's where it's handy to read like the little things explaining what they're intended. There's not a lot of difference. So you choose a role, and all the role really does is it gives you some of your. It, it basically gives you um, a catchphrase and a flaw to choose from. It gives you a bonus to attribute points, which I'll get to in a second. Tells you where you get some starting skills and you pick some feats, so talents in every other game. And you get some gear. That's all it does. Um, so in terms of, and then you, you pick another thing, which is your tropes. Your trope is like another thing. So it's it's a thing to add on to that. I'm trying to find the tropes now, but I can't. Oh, so yeah. Lone Wolf, Good Samaritan, Leader. So you add that, Last Boy Scout. So it's the way you add those two things together. So you can have the cop who's the loose cannon, or you can have the cop who's the, you know, the, the Murtau that's, which was Brian. I mean, Brian, that is the catchphrase I gave Brian because I had to. His character was in his 50s. All right, your character has to have the line, I'm too old for this shit. Because so, so the the you've got this this overall role, and there are plenty of examples. And then you choose this trope that then helps you helps you guide helps guide you into like, well, how do you play that role? Because there are lots of different kinds of spies. There are lots yep. of different aces or fighters. Um, do you want to talk about the stats? Yeah, that's what I was going to go on to now. So okay. by by picking your role and trope, it gives you some points in your stats and skills, and then you get a few extra ones. Uh, and your stats and skills only go literally one, two, three. Your attributes go one, two, three, and I think your skills go one, two, three as well. So the most, that, that's it. It's not, it's not a huge variety in that. So you have brawn, which is for physical stuff, and then there's four skills under that, which are to do with physical stuff. Uh, you have nerves, which is... So it's quick reflex and steady hands. And that has like cool drive. So keeping your cool. And then that has drive and shoot underneath it. Whereas fighting is underneath brawn. Um, smooth is basically charisma. Um, because it has flirting and speech and stuff under that. Uh, then you have focus, which is. It's where focus isn't. There's not really intelligence. It's focus. You have detect, heal, fix and know. So it does have intelligence on that, but it also has like your perception. So. That, so if you're being a detector, so Brian is a detector guy. He had quite a high focus and he had a good detect skill. Um, and I then think that, crime. That's, a, that's an interesting stat because looking at those skills, it's not just, okay, here, here's how much you know. It's how much can you, like, how are you able to employ knowledge, understanding, perception in specific circumstances? I think yeah. that's an interesting combination. I think that was useful in it because, like, you think in, a, in an action movie thing, you don't probably don't want loads of mental stats. So really there's just one. And then we have an entirely separate stat for crime. And then crime has dexterity, stealth, streetwise, and awareness in it. So again, to stop, because you always have this, anytime you've got a modern or kind of, when most of your characters are like human level, and this actually is a 2D20 problem. Lots of games have this problem. Like anytime where you're playing a modern day thing, like D&D style, you've got dexterity. Dexterity becomes this god stat, because you end up using dexterity for driving and shooting and sneaking and picking locks and, and everything. So if you have a high dex, your character doing it. So this has a separate fifth stat called crime and stealth and streetwise and dexterity are under that. Um, and it just, it's, it's good. So if you want a character who's really good at cr criminal stuff, then there's a separate stat, which is, and a bunch of skills are under there. Um, so, you know, whether it works or not is irrelevant. It's a good way of trying to make sure that someone who doesn't, you know, there isn't a God stat 
and they've very clear you can kind of look and go that's why they've done that they've tried to stop there being one stat which is all encompassing um kind of like how we used to see in 2d20 how they would separate off sort of um agility and coordination right so that you didn't have all of the good stuff in one stat they'd add this extra stat in um, so so looking at this just to, to be clear there are 10 different roles there are five stats and under each five under each of those five stats there are four skills so the 20 a total of 20 different skills yep. that are evenly distributed there and then you have a choice of feats okay moving on yep. in the character creation process what's next i mean that's pretty much it literally having picked your having picked your uh your what you mean, your role and your trope um that gives you a bunch of attribute and skill points you then add get a couple of extra skill points to add on to that uh you choose your feats feats are talents but most of the talents do pretty much similar things but I'll, we'll get some when we do the rules um you get some gear from your rule and then you have some starting like meta currency and that's literally it so i made characters for scott and brian like 10 minutes each literally because i had an idea of the character in my head so i found the role i needed i found the trope i needed i marked that stuff down uh and then i added some extra skill points on and pick which feats i wanted and they were done it was super super quick oh, what's you, nice, know, you could easily do this and then play with it in the same you know just get on and play easily. yeah in my read through it i i could see very clearly how there there are not i i believe that there is a there's an adequate variety and number of options that if you have if you have an idea as to what kind of action if you if you're into the action movie genre and you have an idea i want to play that kind of character or you just be like i want to play this character from this movie with a i'm going to rub the serial number off and give it give me a new name it's not john matrix yeah. it's ron matrix or something like that <laughs> you can build that character immediately something else i'm also noticing i'm looking at the character sheet here is that cash money is uh is abstract um yeah there are some other things in this game that like i look at ammo ammo is abstract uh so there aren't like from the jump i'm i'm seeing that this is going to be it, it, it has a similarity with 2d20 in some of those ways that it's not trying yeah. to be simulationist because of course an action movie is is not a simulation yeah since, since you brought up ammo is very similar to what it's like in in some 2d20 games where like basically you don't run out of ammo unless you either choose to use it to like spray and pray or your gun jams and those are the kind of that's it so you can run out of ammo but if you're just kind of i shoot at this guy i shoot at this guy i shoot at this guy you're james bond you're not running out of ammo um and cash like i said is it's, it's abstracted it's you know if you need to go and buy something can you afford to probably not you know realistically in most films how many times do you actually see a character go you know go on a shopping spree and with you know usually if they, they do, go on a stealing got... spree like john matrix did when he broke into that that survivalist store and stole everything you're right you're right we don't yeah. so those or, are not things that are interesting you have in allies that where you requisition stuff yeah or it's the matrix and you say we need guns and <laughs> so okay so your character is created how does the core mechanic work so the the core the core mechanic is a bit odd and takes a little bit of explanation um there's two kind of roles there are action roles and reaction roles and the, there's very little difference an action role is you want to do something and if you succeed you do it and a reaction yeah. role is something is happening to you so it, the easy way to kind of and, think and the reaction i'm assuming is something's happening to you and you yeah. want you want to make it so, not happen like, to yeah you. you you want to jump from one building to another that's an action role you are right. pushed off a building and you need to grab something that's a reaction role okay so it's in combat in combat literally when you come down to bad guys 
um, the bad guy stats is essentially difficulty. So when you're attacking someone, you're attacking their defense. Uh, so it's an action role. And when they attack back, they have a score for their attacking thing. And you basically make a reaction role against their attack stat. So you're always right. The GM never does any role. It's always the player's role. Um, the most basic That's hard for some people. Uh, I think if I only ever played games where the GM didn't roll, I would get I would get fidgety and I'd want to roll. But I think occasionally it's nice to have a game where you can go, I'm just going to be able to concentrate on, on, on you know, noting, noting down the stuff I want to do and reading my notes and I don't have to mess around with the dice. Wow. Now, I talk would never, about dice. Because I wouldn't like this... to do the dice. So it only yeah. uses D6s. Mm -hmm. But So your basic six-sided dice. Um, you basically, your initial pull is you, it's attribute plus skill. So I'm going to be shooting someone and that's like nerves plus shoot. Okay, I've got a nerves of two and a shoot of two. I pick up four dice. There are a couple of things that give you bonus dice. So if you've got like decent gear, that might give you another point. Um, if you're in flight shooting, you might be in the optimal range for your gun or uh, the guy might have fallen over or whatever else or the GM's giving you it. So there's an extra way of, uh, of getting. I think in mine, I probably said, if you describe it really cool, I'm going to give you an extra point because that's going to make it more fun. It's like a nice, nice easy rule to bring in. And when you say points, we're talking about modifiers here. Are you talking about dice? Yeah, yeah dice. Yeah. So that's so so the way that you modify, you're not about modifying like those those you're modifying the number of dice in or out of your pool. There's some basic ones like so you do set a difficulty which you'll get to, but the, the for little things, it's like it says if it's if things are slightly in your favor or slightly against your favor, it's a plus one, minus one. Um your gear, if you've got decent gear, it says it gives you plus one. And you have this like meta stat called adrenaline, which you can spend to get extra dice. So it's one of those kind of standard things. You, you start with a pool of adrenaline. There's, there's ways of getting more as you play through the game. Okay. Um, so that's your, that's your dice. So most of the time the guys were using, like, you know, they were using their decent stats. And so they were often rolling sort of six or seven dice. Or in that way, five, six, seven dice. That's what they were often rolling. Sometimes they have to roll less. Sometimes some weird things happen and they got to roll way more. So then what you do is you roll those dice and you have to get, you have to get, match so many of a number. Okay? So basic difficulty is you have to get a pair. Doesn't matter which number, you just have to roll a pair. Uh, critical is the next difficult. And that's, what the, that's the one we seem to roll a lot. Like most things were critical difficulty and critical difficulty needs a three. So you need three of a kind. Now, if you imagine you're rolling six dice, actually rolling three of a kind on six dice is actually quite difficult. Um, I think it's quite, it gives you kids the odds. Despite the fact most of this game is very nice and easy and basic, they actually have a table with all the success, but I think that's quite useful just to have a quick glimpse. Because a lot of people go, I don't like dice roll, I don't like dice pool games because I have no idea of the odds. Well, and this for is those, a, for this those is people, a novel way. I have never heard of this method of adjudicating a dice pool. Usually it's adding things together or trying to get like, like in World of Darkness or 2D20, you're trying to get a certain number of successes. This is completely different. I noticed that as well, the probability piece. And it did feel like this, this piece of very crunchy crunch in a field of fluff, but it totally makes sense. I think it drives yeah, I, home the workability or the viability of this, um, this method. Yeah. So the initial thing you think, look, well, if I'm rolling four or five dice, getting, you know, getting three of a kind is incredibly difficult. You're absolutely right. Okay. And then that's where this extra thing comes in. So you roll the, and this, this is where it gets a bit weird. So that's your basic roll. You roll. Now, chances are you fail. 
Okay, because rolling three of a kind, which tended to be the main thing, like rolling two of a kind is easy. Rolling four of a kind, which only happened, we only had to do once or twice, was incredibly difficult. Three of a kind is is doable, but doesn't happen all the time. You make your first roll, and then there are two extra things you get to re-roll. The most basic one is if you score what's called a success. If you get a two of a kind, but you didn't get the three of a kind, um, you can choose to pick up the dice that didn't basically pick up the ones that didn't hit and roll them again so let's say you rolled a pair of twos and a bunch of other stuff you pick up your other three dice that didn't roll twos roll them again hoping that they're going to give you another two and then you'll get your three of a kind um if you don't get it you lose your you basically lose everything you've got so you've got that you're back to nothing um unless and that's one of the things where it got to cause it a free re-roll if you most of the talents in the game sorry most of the feats in the game basically say you're allowed a free re-roll if you're shooting so you don't have the risk of losing anything because essentially when you're trying to shoot someone it's say let's say it's critical difficulty or you're trying to do a driving roll if you roll if you need three of a kind but you get two then at least you like you didn't get it but you're almost there or you're trying to dodge a punch like you're, the guy's going to hit you and you need three you only get two of a kind so he hits you but he does less damage if you roll nothing you take all the damage um so that's why it's important sometimes to get two so you get a free reroll then you have this weird thing called all in where if after your reroll you still haven't got what you need you can just just roll a bunch more again roll the dice that weren't part of a success again so because of that because you have two attempts to reroll the dice pretty frequently they were able to hit the, the three they needed so initially, when I when I was looking at the rules, and I'm thinking, flip it, three of a kind on sort of four or five dice. That's really difficult. Um, it's still difficult when you're re-rolling, because obviously, like, you're still only rolling one or two dice again. But it, it meant that, you know, more often than not, it, they were getting a thing. And then there's pretty good rules in here for kind of what happens if you don't succeed. Okay, If you don't get what you need, and it, it does make it very clear that, you know, they're trying to aim for, well, if you don't succeed, you know, this isn't, this isn't the end of the thing. And there's like a whole pale about four whales to fail with style. So essentially you failed, but so, you know, they don't want the game to stop. You know, here's how you add in extra consequences. They try and make it very clearly um, what should happen if something goes wrong. Um, now, the only other bit of wrinkle on the that dice thing is you have this idea of danger rolls or dangerous rolls. I just call them danger. Essentially, a dangerous roll is if you don't succeed, you take damage. And that's what happens in combat. So if a bad guy goes to shoot you and or hit you and you fail your reaction roll to dodge it, you take damage because you failed. Um, the thing is, the damage scales up a lot. So you have a you're about 10 health i can't remember but let's say it's about 10 it's that kind of region when someone hits you and they're only doing basic damage you take one point but then critical is three and extreme is nine so i had this bad guy that was doing extreme damage and if they rolled to defend and got nothing they took nine damage which basically means they've been like they're close to being ko'd in one you know if they got hit a second time that's it they're down um, if they got three successes and got critical, you take away the difference. So they take three off. They still take six. So a guy's hitting you with extreme damage. Um, so very quickly, it was like, ah, right, this is going to be bad. So they were like, right, we're going to try and disarm it. Yeah, because I think it was a guy with a machine gun or a sword or something. So then when I when they disarmed him, I said his damage came down because I was like, oh, he's going to this, you know, he's basically meant to be a henchman with a big gun or something like that. He was very quickly going to wreck them. Um, 
and there, there was other ways of like mitigating the damage but that but that essentially that's it that's that's the rules the rules there are something that i i found in, in not a lot in, else in reading it 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 started to get a little confusing in yeah i found that it yeah. started to get a little confusing because you have these different kinds of roles and i'm trying to get my head around okay why am i able to re-roll so much and and whatnot um one of the nice things that the authors have done with this though is they've provided a lot of notional examples yeah a lot of examples big and small like i mean you know two or three sentences after some some additional mechanical step or a page or so and and again the whole thing is layout wise there's a lot of breathing space it's it's really easy to read so i i appreciate that and what about these uh i'm looking at on the character sheet i like this uh there's you look and hurt nervous like a fool distracted scared tired and then there's the death roulette which has it looks like <laughs> you're looking down a, a a six shot cylinder of an old style revolver um, um tell us so about the, hurt, the death roulette the hurt nervous like a fool distracted they're, they're just conditions they're right. when you essentially you get like it's when you've got like a wound so what would be like a wound in um 2d20 which gives you then a minus one to one of the particular right. stats from then on. Um, the death roulette is is quite cool. So this is what you don't actually like. If you run out of grit, so your health, you don't die. Um, you have this death roulette. One of the things rolled in. So if you have to, if you filled up all of your grit and you're out of grit, you have to roll on the death roulette. <laughs> so you roll a six-sided dice. If the number you roll is greater than however many things you filled in, um, then you you survive. You and you like, start you with die. one. There is one already one. bubbled in, yeah. and then there are five open spaces in that that revolver um, cylinder. But players, other players can like sort of jump in the way to take the hit for you. So if you're at risk of like you're going to die, the other players can do things because you can pick up these things called spotlights. So you start with one at the start of the game, and if you get a really good roll, you can you can gain another spotlight. Um, the spotlights are kind of like. In fact, they're very, very similar to the the Uber currency in in two D twenty, where they bet you basically let you make you automatically succeed. You get an extreme success when you get one. Um, so you can you know you and you can use them to save people. So if one of your mates is about to die on the death roulette, um, you use it to save a friend. But you can get them relatively because you can use you can get them by using your own flaws. So if you deliberately play your character flawed, like because they're an alcoholic or they're too risky or whatever, and if you use your catchphrase at the right thing. So Brian at one point had like three spotlights because he'd played into his floor and he'd used his catchphrase at the right moment. So he was sitting on three spotlights. So when they were fighting, you know, he was struggling in a fight. It was like, well, you've got this spotlight thing. Use it to get an extreme success. Um, but there's actually a thing in it. It says like, you can use it for the things I've just said. And there's another one where it says, do whatever you want. So it is literally a case of, you know, if you want it to do some cool story thing, that's what the spotlight's for. There's something um, going, let me just jump in on, on that. Throughout the book, I, I found those kinds of comments and that that kind of vibe. And I didn't, it, nowhere did it feel like the designers were trying to just phone it in, be like, eh, we really don't want to write the rules for this. So you make it up, Mr. GM, or you, you figure yeah. it out, you know, and, and, and making it seem like uh, that's some great creative exercise. It never felt like that. Uh, the, the, the nice thing about it, and I haven't played it, obviously. I, I, you, you've told me about it. I've now read, you know, most of the book, a decent amount of the book. Um, it, I really think, and this goes back to this whole system setting and story that that we use as a tagline for the show. 
I, I think that they, they clearly worked really hard to build a system that stacked the deck in favor of the tropes and the action in these kinds of action movies. And having not played it, obviously, I, I can't, you know, state with, you know, definitively, but it, it really seems like they've, um, they've done a good job. I really, it, it seems to me like you would have those kinds of outcomes. You would have those moments that would help to emulate if your players got it help to emulate that uh this genre at the table is that did you have that experience in the session yeah that you played? i mean totally like the, you know the, the the only real extra rules that it like when it comes to fighting the rules are literally you're you're doing attacks you're doing defenses bad guys basically have an attack rating and a defense rating and then how much health they have and you can feel them as like a group and if they're a group it's like well the health is that's kind of the the health for the whole group. So you take out all of them, they're all gone. Um, you know, there's there's not much more complicated than that. They there are slightly more complicated rules for like chases, but it it pretty much boils down to kind of an extended task type thing that we see in other games. Um, except you have like a speed rating and your speeds how much you add to time when your when your speed keeps adding to this number, eventually you get to where you're going, kind of thing. And you can do it as like a chase or as a race or as a just like getting from a to b kind of thing um but yeah that that all worked fine the combats worked fine the non-combat stuff worked fine because they were just you know making roles but it was handy when brian like remembered oh actually i'm i'm quite good at talking to people so i can get information out of things oh this guy owes me a favor and you know it it, it all worked it just it, it, it all worked relatively straightforward you know i didn't have the most complicated thing it was an action movie thing it was you know, a couple of basic investigative things and, oh, I know I can talk to this guy and spotting these details, which took you on to the next scene and then, you know, big silly action scenes and then, you know, finished off with both of them having one-on-one fights with bad guy where, um, I can't remember how Scott killed his guy. I know Brian threw his guy onto an ice skating ring and ran him over with a Zamboni because I set that up because I was like, there's an ice skating rig. That's, like, and that sounds so much like yeah. some schlock action movie. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Brian's like, is there a Zamboni? Something there? from Canon films. Right. Well, I, that's how I'm totally killing this guy. Um, I think Scott wrapped his guy up in like Christmas, like fairy lights and like hung him that way or something. But you know, so it was. And then were, did, he have, a, did he have a, a you're dead now catchphrase? Yes, but I can't remember what it was. But yes, both of them, both of them tried to you know come up with the i mean all the way through it we yeah particular points where they would kill people they were doing yeah silly quote things but yeah it, it, it was it was it was good fun like you know the characters this brian's character had flaws that paid into it i mean the other thing that made it nice which was nothing to do with the game is that i'd every single scene i'd worked out a list i think I had about 17 scenes i mean which gives you an idea of actually you know i 17 scenes and i played this in like two and a half hours it did not take long it was very snappy um but I had a separate song for every scene and they were all Christmas songs and they were all themed to the particular scene. Um, let, let me jump in and ask you this really quickly. So you, you read this, you made the characters and you presented it to your your two players who are obviously experienced gamers. Had they read the rules before or did you just explain them? Okay, I, I, I figured not. So my, I'm, not I'm not sure they've ever, have they ever okay. read the rules. But my, my point though with that is, you no, were able to read the rules, make yes. the characters, get, hand the characters to them and say, this is what we're going to do. This is how the mechanic works. And you were able to run the session smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not even like, you know, because some games you need like a like a cheat sheet that explains. Like when I play with Infinity, like I need a, uh, not Infinity, just any 2D20. Sure. Like momentum I need a cheat for new sheet players with, yeah, momentum spans, 
Um, what do all the qualities on the weapons do? What do the effects on the weapons do? Um, you know, you, they need to make sure they know what their talents are. Uh, you know, I need cheat sheets for all the bad guys. You know, there's there's a whole chunk. You require of stuff none here. of that for this. I didn't need. I I had a sheet with my my basically my scenes and the bad guys, but the bad guys were like three numbers and a talent maybe, uh, and that was about it. Uh, and the the like the chase scenes, I needed boxes for those. So, but they they didn't. I did. They didn't need any cheat sheets uh, at all. Um, and because now, the, the I, basic system, once you'd explained it and the idea of the re-rolling, um, that was pretty much it. That was that was literally it. Now, looking through the book, you know, there are there's focus on running this as uh, as shots. That's what they call it. like a single adventure session is a shot, uh, a one off or a very short arc. They also talk about campaign campaign play. There are advancement rules. Uh, what do you see this? What do you see as this game's strengths? I mean, personally, I really like playing it as a one shot. I. Or, you know, there are these, there's, there's quite detailed rules for um, playing a campaign because you actually have like enemies that are meant to come back and you're meant to like gain, gain experience your characters. And you have like this heat rating that builds up over time, which the bad guy can, like when things happen, the bad guys get better as you play through the campaign. And you're meant to be like, you like the heroes have these sort of plan A, plan B and plan C things they can use during the campaign, but they only get one shot. So there is actually extra like meta rules on the campaign which normally the only thing you ever see in a campaign for most games is just um you know it's just you gain xp and then play through it so this actually has like meta rules on top um which i find a bit odd because just that that's the one thing which didn't feel like on on message to me you know you don't tend to have action movie series right i mean you know you're like all right they've turned reacher into a series but that that's an exception action movies are films maybe there's a sequel or two unless it's fast and furious and there's 10 of them but you know generally there's one or two of them so i i as a one show i i don't know this for sure i've only played it once but i i do feel that because the system is quite slight um unless your stories were amazing i think if you kept playing it i feel like you would get bored i feel like it would get very samey well, i mean different different but i think games. it depends on the I think it depends on the GM. Like if you sure. are running really cool things with really cool action scenes and it's all really different, exciting, then no one would care that the mechanics are really simple. Yeah. Um, but because I quite like mechanics, I think if I kept playing it, I mean, the guys were like, I want to play this again. But I was in me like, well, well, I need a really good idea to play this. If I was just doing like a really bog standard, like not very exciting action, like by the numbers thing, you know, I, I'd spent time thinking of like cool set pieces. Um, but yeah, they have, you know, they have, they have got rules for campaigns in there. Um, can I talk about the second book then while I'm at it? Yeah, is I want to throw thing? in one last thing about this, this, uh, this book. There is a page uh, deep in the book. It is page 197 where it talks about the one hero army. And that is running one character with, with the GM. And so there are some mechanical adjustments and some suggestions. I mean, it's one page. It's not a whole lot of information. But the idea that you could run, you know, like you you could do rambo you could do you know arguably commando or the the chuck norris mission mia movies a good uh, chunk of predator yeah yeah good point uh, well everyone else was there to die just so they could show how badass the thing was and how much bad how badass uh, uh schwarzenegger was that's all that's the only reason those those characters exist so there is that option also 
Um, so what is, I didn't even look at the other book at all. What is in the other book? So the other book is called Action Flicks. And th this is actually part of the reason I ended up buying it because I was looking for like a, a, like a, a cyberpunk action game. That's what I want. I wanted something which was like so simple rules, but kind of action, but and a cyberpunk thing. And that's so important to be onto it because of this. So Action Flicks is a book where it, essentially they've done, I mean, actually in it, it has like these little pictures of like videotapes and like each videotape is a different, it's a different genre, but they've given them names. So you have Star Raiders, which is, it's just Star Wars and Firefly, like Rise and Drag Martial Arts. Um, I was give weirder things, which is basically it's it's stranger things. It's just it's not even subtle. Yeah, I, you know, I um, love the fact that they throughout they are explicit in mentioning, you know, by name action yeah. characters and movies. And that I mean, let's face it, they, they, they dive right into the genre and activate all the tropes. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I love this because actually it doesn't just go for the obvious stuff because underneath Star Raiders, it has Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which I absolutely love. And like loads of people have never even seen it. Um, and then again, so each of these just gives like they, they give a couple of rules. They like go over the core themes, gives some ideas of missions. They throw in maybe a couple of actually, so, you know, like laser weapons or spaceships or, you know, robots. Or there's one called Ghost Hunters, which literally, you know, it's, it's Ghostbusters. Um, there's one where you're basically Blade and so on. And then they give you a couple, maybe a couple new tropes to go into the thing. So, you know, we have lovable scoundrel under space heroes. So that's, you know, it's Lando or it's Han Solo. Um, and they all of them give you an extra, an extra uh, role. Um, and that's one of the things, again, I loved it. When in the classic Star Raid, we have the Star Raider, who's like the captain. And they give us the obvious, yeah, we get Han Solo, we get Mal from Fireflies. And they give me Dutch from Killjoys. That, when I saw that, I was like, these are my people. They have watched Killjoys. This is a relatively obscure bounty hunter sci-fi program that like me and Mika were like, absolutely in love with. And we don't know anyone else has seen it. And I was like, these guys, never heard of it. These guys have seen Killjoys. That's how amazing they are. Um, and it's kind of like that all the way through it. This, you know, so th this is the next time I'm going to use this book is when, when Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, wherever it comes out, I'm, I'm going to run a Ghostbusters game and I'm going to use this. And this will think like, this will now be my go-to system. If I see a film at the cinema and I'm like, I really want to play a Musketeers game because there's one for that. Or I really want to do, you know, a game based on. It's an action movie, and I really want a game that can run something very, very similar. Um, I can just pick up Outgunned because it's very simple, and I know it will be able to run kind of human-level stuff. It's the kind of things that most people go, oh, use Savage Worlds for. Um, and, you know, Savage Worlds is, is not fast or furious, but it is, it is fun. Yeah. I'll give them that, but it's not fast or furious. Um, this is fast. This is fun. Um, this is furious. And it, it's very, very, you know, it's easy to stat. For the GM, it's very easy to do. Right. For the players, it's easy to do. I do think over time it would get a bit samey. But so just being able to like just throw in the odd. I just, you know, this is a, it's a, it's, for me, it's a game for one shots. I think it's brilliant for one shots. It's very well presented. Um, there is actually a whole nother third book called World of Assassins where the tropes, basically it's like John Wick, the role playing game. Um, I'm not sold on this game as a, as a campaign sure. game. But I, it does, you know, if you want, if you play this game as a campaign and it works, great, great, go for it. To me, having a game which is super easy to go, oh, I really want to play a game set in based on after that I've seen this film or I've watched this TV program or I've read this book and been able to get this is the thing I will grab. 
like when the books are available to actually like buy, I will, I will, I will get the books for this right. because I, it just, I think it's a really good little system. Yeah. I I'm impressed. I'm really, I'm impressed with it as a, I can't say a physical product because I've just seen a, a digital version of it, but which read, I had the same experience. Like I don't like reading l- at length off of a screen unless it's my, my tablet. And, um, and then it, there are some there are some layouts and looks, fonts, sizes, things like that. Some that just work better than others. This one they they did a really nice job making yeah, it entirely really readable nice. on a yeah. tablet. And yeah, I can I can absolutely see where, you know, it, it's funny we've done so many episodes about using two D twenty to uh, to model different kinds of properties like Ghostbusters and and things like that. And and this this actually I think does an even better job of it because it it is such a simple system. Yeah, there are a few. I won't call them wrinkles, but there are a few things that are novel enough that you have to take. When I finally figured it out, not finally, but you know, when I, when I felt like I got my head around it, it was when I stopped trying to think of it as, well, what, what is this in other rules? When I stopped thinking about it relative to other games and I started thinking about it, okay, what does this look like in, a, in an action movie? I forgot about how other systems do their mechanics and I focused on, okay, what are you asking me to do at the table to figure out this question mechanically? I just thought of the movies that they provided and that, that helped make sense of it. Yeah. I think it's, I, I'm interested. I, I would like to, in all my, my not extra time to play different games, I would like to give it a shot too. It was, I mean, it was, it was really good fun. It was nice to just play something, you know, where I could, I didn't have to spend too much time worrying about the rules of the game. I got to spend time thinking about what did I want the scenes to be in my action movie. Um, and then we played it. I didn't have to, you know, if I, if I could have done it in 2D20, but the stats would have just been much more complicated. Because the, the, the bad guy stats, and it's very simple, and the, like the, the challenge ratings for everything is very straightforward. Um, it, it was, you know, I, I concentrated on the story because the system was was very easy to yeah. to run with um, I, you know so really and I, I think that there's there's absolutely a place for a and this is i don't say this in, in negative terms at all for like a, a limited range game or system like this is what this system is supposed to do and these are the kinds of games and stories that you would do with it and i think it's terrific to have a system that's really good for one-offs i mean let, let's face it one-offs are like one or two session games that's when you you crank up the action that's when you you know you 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 contrast things so like so much that it would you you can't sustain that over a long period of a campaign so a system that works and does that i mean that's that's terrific and especially one obviously that isn't difficult to get your head around as a player or a gm that's what you would want so cool I'm glad that you uh, that you pointed me at this because I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a whirl and we'll put a link in the notes to uh, to the page on Drive Through and I'll uh, I'll try to hit up the folks who designed it so when this drops we can uh, we can let them know that we're saying nice things about their work. Well, they've got a Discord, so we can. Uh, there you go. If nothing else, we can all just drop it on the Discord when it comes out. Probably Great. Be next week. All right. Remember what we had, remember what we had to tell people. Yeah, they have to like and subscribe. And if like they want to write subscribe. comments. Like and subscribe. Like, subscribe, leave comments, and join the conversation at our Discord. Yeah. And I'm going to add one stuff. more. There's a link in the, on well, in both the, the podcast and the YouTube uh, version of this, there's a link to an email list because we're going to build an email list so that we can start sending things to people 
uh, not pestering them, but letting them know when we're dropping new content and um, and other things that, that we're working on. So there you go. All those things, do that, please. Thank you, as always, for listening to Fluff and Crunch. You can join our Discord. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, all through the links in the show notes. Thanks again. Have a great day. We look forward to talking with you.